1: welcome to the ice guys presented by national hockey now thursday april 20th ian cameron and alex b smith ready to break down the uh, thursday card no guests today it's guest free so you're stuck with alex and i today on the uh, thursday edition of the show but uh great card four games four very important game two uh, matchups taking place uh, on this uh, thursday night but uh, first let's look back on what took place on uh, wednesday night uh, in the stanley cup playoffs and we'll begin with a Overtime victory for the Carolina Hurricanes, a 4-3 win over the Islanders. Uh, great to cash the draw uh, in that game. A few of the props actually hit as well. We mentioned on the Islanders' side, Brock Nelson, to score a goal, get a point, that if they were going to come to life offensively, he would get in on the proceedings, and he sure did for the Islanders getting a goal and, a, and, a, and an assist, a two-point night for Brock Nelson, albeit in a losing effort. We also said, look, Stefan Nason, man, stick with it with this guy he's actually leading this series in goals now uh believe it or not stefan nason not aho not nelson not uh matt barzell even though he scored last night you know not uh Natchez, uh it's stefan nason and again a great goal for him last night for the uh, carolina hurricanes his props were really uh very uh appealing as far as the price goes and the hurricanes find a way four three over the islanders the game five, goes over the total uh, a series that we don't really expect to have a ton of goals, but we definitely had a few more last night. Another one-goal game, and I think you're going to see that be uh, con- the continuing theme, if you will, throughout this series. So nice to get the draw at plus 340 as a winner. Carolina with the 4-3 win. What I like about Carolina, too, is that, you know, they Ronta gave up a few goals. They uh, found their offense. They stuck with it. Uh, again, it was a solid effort from Sorokin, but... Not enough, obviously, to uh, get the uh, job done. There was that one big bounce goal that was off the stick of almost like an own goal. Sebastian, When I saw Sebastian Ajo scored for Carolina, I assumed it was uh, Carolina's Sebastian Aho. not the New York Islanders' Sebastian Ajo, but it was off his stick. It took that bounce and went into the net. Uh, and uh, obviously, Carolina used that to uh, propel themselves to a 4-3 win. Uh, last night. Still, for the most part, though, when you look at the uh, box score and and the way that game transpired, you know, still Carolina had the better of the play, 36-26, more time in the offensive zone. So they probably do deserve the 2-0 series lead, even though the Islanders uh, were that close to tying it up last night. Uh, How about the Florida Panthers? Let's give them their credit. Six to three over the Boston Bruins uh, last night. I had this hunch yesterday on the show, Alex, that Florida was going to push Boston last night, and uh, I didn't have the guts to take them on the money line, but I did cash the team total uh, for the Florida Panthers, over two and a half. I thought, you know, just to get to three goals, win or lose, they can do that. Well, they doubled up the three goal output. They ended up getting six uh, when it was all said and done, and and a great resounding bounce back effort, And, and now a little chink in the Boston Bruins armor, and maybe a seed of doubt. I don't know. I don't think the You can plant a seed of doubt in a team like Boston, very experienced, not really going to get shaken, uh, if you ask me, uh, by just one loss. That being said, the Florida Panthers announced to everybody last night, we're not going away easily, and we didn't get the memo that we're getting our ass swept in four games in this series. So uh, give the Panthers credit, and it was an excellent performance by Brandon Montour. And fitting that he was the catalyst for Florida winning last night. He's had an excellent year. He's been their best blue liner this year. Hasn't been Ekblad. All right. It's been Brandon Montour and two goals for him. Uh, outstanding. Finally, a little bit of a what What's what happened with the Bruin defense type of performance last night. I mean, they were doing shit you don't expect. What do they have? 15 giveaways? 15 turnovers? And I believe uh, Jimmy Murphy and his column, our colleague, he'll be with us tomorrow. Uh, he mentioned it that, you know, a lot of giveaways, sloppiness from the Boston Bruins, shit you don't typically see from them. Uh, And of course, it was not a sterling night for the front runner to win the Vesna Trophy, Linus Allmark either. When's the last time we've seen him give up five goals uh, in a game? So it was a great win for Florida uh, and Boston, certainly back to the drawing board. Finally, they had a game where they missed Bergeron. You could tell there was that lack of You know, kind of getting the game back, the train back on the tracks once it got to 3-2 Florida early in the third and then 4-2. And there really wasn't that gigantic monster push from the Boston Bruins when they were down in the third period. So I really have to give Florida credit with the way they played. It got physical. It got chippy uh, toward the end of the game. Uh, Of course, uh, we saw the uh, scrum at the end there. uh, At the end of that game, Lomberg was involved. Uh, at the end there uh, in, a, in, a, in a battle, uh, and we saw just uh, uh, if you had the ESPN broadcast on uh, for that Panthers-Bruins game, the hot mics were on. Ray Ferraro had his mic clearly on in between the benches. I don't know if he was able to turn it off or on or not, but he obviously left the mic on, and you are hearing a lot of chirping uh, between the benches, and a lot of it R-rated. You know, let's put it that way. As far as the chirps are going, clean <laughs> it, you fucking loser. I heard that <laughs> someone saying that during the uh, uh, scrum yeah. at the end of that third period in the Florida bond. That was hilarious. I loved it. Yeah, uh, just hearing the chirps back and forth, and uh, uh, it's getting a little bit, uh, little bit uh, ornery uh, right now yeah. between the uh, Panthers and Bruins. And hey, maybe we have a series on our hands after all. One one with the scene shifting to Sunrise, Florida for Game Three on Friday night, Alex, what did you think of the two games in the East last night?
0: Well, yeah, we got to start with that game with Boston, Florida, like I said, Florida, you know, uh, responded back after getting knocked down and that's what they needed to do to show that they have some life. It's a fight in this series. And, you know, I mean, you know, are they, were they poking a bear, the, poking the bear a little bit at the end there, you know, starting a, a lot of commotion? Yeah, they were, but I think they're, they're well aware of that. Like I said, you know, if you're going to, we're going to go down, go down swinging and, you know, that's the one thing, as much as I've discredited this Florida team, I still don't trust this Florida team. I still think Boston wins a series. But at least they're showing some fight, unlike a couple of other teams that I thought would, would, would show some more resilience in the first couple of games uh, played so far. So uh, it's always good to see. And and listen, you know, there's people whining and crying on, on social media about the chirping back and forth. This is hockey. Okay? And furthermore, this is playoff hockey. This is not a fucking playground. Okay, and you're going to hear some things that may be a little bit crass and a little bit rude and downright newsflash, folks.
1: That's playoff hockey on the ice. That's, that's what that's playoff what you're saying. Hockey. Yeah. yeah,
0: these people work their asses off to get to this point, and they're playing at the highest level to get to the goal that they've been waiting to achieve their entire lives. And if you think it's going to be all roses and fucking, you know, tea parties. With this shit, it's not. And I, I just really don't understand it. You know, uh, like I said, everybody got all in up in arms about what Kachuk said about some player's wife. It's like, okay, you thought that was appalling, but you laugh at the movie Slapshot, then you're a hypocrite. Okay. And I don't want to fucking hear it. So that that's the, that's the way I look at it. Like this is just how the game goes. Okay. Nothing was it wasn't crossing the line, it was nothing racial or religious or or even even the attack on on, on someone's family member that is that may be towing the line a little bit but it's something that has been happening for quite some time and did you see anybody did you see them flip up and, and, and hop the bench or start stick, swinging their sticks or doing anything insane no they just chirp back and forth and if they had a problem with it they settled on the ice and yeah. and, and that's what you like to see but all this back and forth and, and everybody all up in arms about what some, someone said it's like you know really uh, i'm just i'm tired of, of the the soft hypocrisy and bullshit you know So that's the way I look at it from the fan point of view. But on the ice, Boston played a terrible game. We haven't been able to say that much at all all season long. And the gut feeling is what I'm probably going to roll with in the next game is that Boston comes back firing like crazy and and playing a much cleaner, tighter game and, and possessing the puck their own way. And, you know, going back home for Florida, I don't think that changes a heck of a whole lot. I mean, you know, what, the Bruins fans gonna be, you know, stunned by the crowd. If anything, it's gonna be split crowd there because you got a ton of Massachusetts transplants that live in Florida. It's been like that for years. We saw it with the Tampa Bay series and you know, the Tampa Bay's got an even stronger fan base. You still saw Boston uh, jerseys in the crowd there when they met in the playoffs while well back in the regular season meeting. So the crowd advantage won't be a whole lot. I think Boston will get their shit together. And I think sometimes we always talk about this in the regular season, right? Getting away from home can sometimes be a good thing. Maybe getting on the road and having a even more business-like approach to games three and four might do wonders for Boston.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, like I say, the, the Boston Bruins, uh, you know, their ro- uh, road record this year was pretty damn good. You know, it's not like they're incapable of winning away from home, and they're going to put that to the test, obviously, Friday night in game three. Uh, out west last night, um, I don't want to say status quo, but uh, we kind of thought there was a good chance that the uh, two teams that lost game one would have a good chance to bounce back on their home ice. I especially thought that about the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, They roll to a seven to three victory over Minnesota behind a stunning decision by Dean Evison to rest Philip Gustafson uh, after that game one overtime matchup thinking he just, you know, was a lot of shots have him fresh, you know, actually use the word, the F word, not the not the F word you're thinking of, fatigue I'm talking about, uh, that that was a reason why they decided to rest Gustafson. They say have him ready for game three. He felt a little tired following game. Come on, tired at this time. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everybody sucks it up. Everybody's tired at this time of year. Dean, come on, tired. You think the every forward and every defenseman on your team isn't tired this time of year? course it is. Now the goalie it's a lot of rubber and it's a lot of time to face, you know, all those shots. I get it. Uh he probably is fatigued, but you don't think everybody else is. And besides, he's playing great hockey for you. Philip Gustafson incredible. And right now he's the better option than Marc-André Fleury. We love the guy. We all love collectively MAF. All right, Marc-André Fleury is the person and the goalie he's been for two decades. But there is no human being on this planet that thinks he's the better goalie right now than Philip Gustafson. You know, with based on the way it's played out during the regular season here for Minnesota and sure enough, you know, flurry gets the surprising start and Dallas all of a sudden takes advantage of it and they just light up flurry in the wild in the first period. And it was an onslaught that did not let up for three periods last night in that seven goal, uh, effort. If I'm Dean Evison or if I'm in his shoes, I'm not settling for one, one split, I would never. As a head coach, settle for a 1 1 split on the road. If I won game one, and whether you say we deserve to win or not, I'm coming after game two. I'm getting greedy. Okay. That's my thought process as a coach. I'm getting fucking greedy. And I say, I want two uh, on the road. I want to go back to Minnesota or I want to go back to my home arena, whichever it is, uh, city I'd be coaching, and say, I want to go back home up 2 nothing, and, and I want to try for the 2 nothing series lead. And it, this felt to me like it was almost like, um, you know we're punting on the game you know so to speak with that uh, decision in my opinion uh, and sure enough the minnesota wild kind of played like it i know at uh, they they did kept that bat they did battle back when they were down 4-1 like they didn't feel like they were in the game down 4-1 but then dallas fell asleep there for 90 seconds which drove me nuts and it got to 4-3 i'm like you guys this game is gift wrap for you and you're just about to maybe throw it away but then Dallas quickly responded five three, and once it got to five three, it's like Minnesota Minnesota shut right down all over again, uh, and that was that. Uh, but it all started with Dean Evison allowing his players to think that it's okay just to get the split in Dallas in this series. That it's okay, it's one one. We've done our job. We won game one. We've done what we needed to do. We've done enough. And game two, you know, fuck it. You know, whatever happens, happens. We will we'll lose it. We'll regroup and be one one back home. You never piss away a chance to win a playoff game in a a best of seven playoff series. In my opinion, you just never do that. And unfortunately, that's what I thought Dean Evison did. Pissed away the best chance for his team to win game two and pissed away a chance for his team to maybe get a 1-1 split uh, in Dallas with a, I'll be honest, a head scratching decision. Believe me, I'm not the only one who thought that, but credit to Dallas. Everybody that needed to step up after game one that was kind of quiet, Robertson, and especially Sagan, was excellent. Ben was excellent. He was noticeable. Rope hints a phenomenal game from him uh, last night. Wyatt Johnston, even though he only got a point, he could add a goal or two. He was noticeable, the young 19-year-old rookie. Uh, It was a great performance from Dallas. It's what you wanted to see. But, boy, they sure got a huge assist from Minnesota and Dean Evason's goaltending decision last night. Alex, uh, thoughts on that?
0: it's crazy you know and we talked about it last night and we both kind of saying oh yeah like you know settling on the split I don't think that was the case Uh, my stance has changed this morning I think and and, you know we talk about Dean Everson right he's a great coach and sometimes the things that can make you a good coach can sometimes come back to backfire on you and I think his bravado and ego sometimes can get in the way of things And I think he just overplayed this in the sense of well you know Gustafson played a lot of you know Saw a lot of rubber, you know, played 92 minutes of hockey. We got the win. You know, let's throw Flurry in there because we can. You know, Dallas didn't show that offensive punch and power in game two like they did in game one. You know, that the, they saw it in game two, but they didn't see that yep. in game one. And so they kind of maybe took for granted that, okay, this is going to be that kind of low and tight playoff series that we can just throw Flurry in and he can give us another 3-2-4-2 two, two win and grind it out. And that wasn't the case, except because everybody else in the world knows that Philip Gustafson has been playing tremendously better than Marc-Andre Flory. And like I said, it's not a knock on Flory. And also at the same time, we talked about the way you would want to play these goaltenders. You want to ride Gustafson as much as you can because if he wears down, then you go to Flory. If Gustafson's already showing signs that you don't trust him after facing 51 shots in a double overtime game, then you really don't trust him. He's not your playoff goalie. Your playoff goalie. It's supposed to be that your goaltender that really ultimately plays every game start to finish, unless it's a blowout and you're taking them out to rest. You don't do that when you have the momentum in your favor going in the game too. It made absolutely no sense. And, and now this is two years in a row where Evan Evanson has made what seemingly at the point looks like a mistake with the goaltending. And if if they're bounced out of the series because of it, I mean, you know, it's you wonder if his job is on the line going into next year, honestly, because, this is the same old story with the Wild, right? You know, you get to the regular season, have a great race season, get to the playoffs, but you can't put it together when it counts the most. And it goes back to the other days, the Boudreaux days, and here we are with the same old thing. So it, it, it makes no sense why you would risk that just for even the mental state of Philip Gustafson, just sitting down. Because here's the thing. What kind of chaos do you create has a had wild one? What if Flory posts a shutout and they win 3-0? And now you have an actual controversy in your hands so of who goes game three because they both played well, they both got wins, but Flory got the shutout. So does he look better now because he got the shutout and he's the veteran? No. You, you, you create a chaos where it didn't need to be. And, and, and you know, I hope it backfires because I have a star series bet. I hope it backfires and they lose in six games i have a bet on that too but it's just insanity and if you're a wild fan uh i understand being completely frustrated with it because there was no reason for mark roger Furrier to be a net in that contest
1: it was a surprising uh, decision and uh I, I laugh at the fatigue reasoning behind what everson said about the the decision he's played he played 22 games in the nhl two years ago he played 38 games between ottawa and belleville Last year with the Senators, their NHL team and the AHL affiliate, thirty-eight games, thirty-nine this year in the regular season with Minnesota. Does that look like a guy that should be feel, feel tired? No, you know, with that amount of games. He, no, he's, he, he's twenty-four you know, years old for crying out loud! Come on, he's a young, he, he, young guy still. What is this tired? It's the playoffs, man. You don't think he, he, you don't think Kaprizov's tired? You don't think uh, uh, any all your defensemen are tired? You don't think uh, Polino's tired? You know, and all these no. Come on, you got to put him in there.
0: And here's the thing. If he is fatigued, then he's soft. And I might also yeah. call out the Minnesota Wild fans for being soft, too. This shit ran again on the news today. They interviewed this sleep expert from somewhere in, I don't know, one of the suburbs, he died or some shit, uh, and saying, "Oh, uh, you know, what can Minnesota Wild and Timberwolves fans do – to, to curb the, for their lack of sleep while watching the playoffs. Are you fucking serious? Why don't you be happy that the Timberwolves of all teams are in the playoffs and that the Wild, the, despite having all the struggles they've had the last season and a half, they're back in this spot and actually had a lead in this series until they gave it away. Uh, and you hear crying. If you go on Twitter, anytime the Wild play a Pacific Division opponent or 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 they're playing, if it's 830, 930, start or late start, They cry about it more than anybody else, okay? And we all have to deal with it. Everybody on the East Coast has to deal with it all the fucking time. It's even later for them. But Minnesota fans are the absolute fucking softest when it comes to, oh, my God, I got to stay up. The game starts at 930. And it's like, well, then go to fucking sleep and then wake up and and, and watch the replay. Like, seriously. Like, it's so annoying and it's constant all the time. And it's it's always the Minnesota fans. It's always the Minnesota fans. They're the absolute worst with it.
1: So here's the thing with the scheduling. i I, I get upset about it sometimes too that the, the, some of the games start as late as they do but here's the thing they are trying to they're doing this for television like they want double headers. they don't want games overlapping. They want the early that they want all the fans to see every minute and every second of every game as much as possible. Now when the early games go to overtime, that's not going to be possible. So they will start the uh, second game of the doubleheader if the other game goes to overtime. Like what we saw last night, Islanders, Hurricanes were in overtime. They had already started uh, Minnesota and Dallas, uh, obviously, at that time. But the reason they do that and the later starts, even for games that are in this uh, taking place in the Midwest or the central time zone, you know, is for television. They want people to see every minute of every game possible. The one exception, the one day and sport you could bitch about it especially because minnesota was playing that day is sunday when they played the denver nuggets the yeah. minnesota timberwolves the fact that you started your quadruple header at 3 p.m eastern time on sunday the nba 5 30 8 o'clock and then you started 10 30 eastern time it was actually almost 11 by the th- time that damn thing tipped off in denver against the timberwolves 11 p.m eastern which is 9 p.m and locally at ball arena in Denver. That's absurd. And that yes. can't happen. That's totally ridiculous. That is, that's a disgrace of scheduling right there. Yeah, and, and uh, that's, But the night and that's scheduling bad. like last night with what the NHL did, what else can they do? They want double headers. They don't want games overlapping. They're doing that for the fans so they can watch every second of every game as much as possible. I don't know what you can adjust last night, Sunday in the NBA. That was bad. You could add a wide open early afternoon window to start that quadruple header if you're going to go four games straight and then not put the fucking 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. local start time in Denver for that Minnesota-Denver game, which was brutal, I thought. Terrible decision-making there. That's the exception. That that Sunday NBA, what we saw.
0: Right, absolutely. And that's the thing. Yeah, no team game should start that late locally. But it's like as if people here don't understand that, oh, like... Well, the game's not playing here, so it should start. That game would have started at eight o'clock, eight thirty anyway. And you still want have heard people here, complaining about it? That's the thing that's crazy. Yeah, late uh, start and 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 the need for a quadruple header on one network was insane too. At least the uh, the NHL has that right. You know, let's use two networks, if not more, to show all the games and, and try to avoid the overlap. So that was that was insane in itself. But like I said, it, it, for people to be complaining about it as much as they do is just it, it, it really irks.
1: Yeah, it really hurts. But we got ourselves a 1-1 split now going back to Minnesota between the Wild and the Stars. And the last game last night, boy, I was worried the Oilers were going to do it again. You know, it looked like a carbon copy of game one. Great start, early goal, uh, power play. What a bullet pass, by the way, by McDavid to Dreisaitl on that power play goal. He, he sold shot all the way, zipped a bullet pass right to Drysaddle in his wheelhouse, one timer. Perfect power play goal, two nothing. Just the start the Oilers wanted. Same start they had in Game One, but just like Game One, at one point it was looking like they were going to th- piss it all away again, because it was two nothing, two nothing, two nothing. Again, I'll, I'll harp on this point: all playoffs, they never got it to three nothing. You know, and at that point, LA was still hanging around, and sure enough, they got the two to one goal, and then after that, tied it late in the uh, third period. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's becoming a concern here again for Edmonton. 2-2 going into the third. But Clem Costin, who is an unsung hero for this, he's been really good since he came to Edmonton. He gets the go-ahead goal. Stuart Skinner, congrats to him, made a couple of big saves. I thought he was phenomenal when it was 3-2. In the final like eight to ten minutes of the third period, made a couple of huge saves. And then, of course, the Oilers uh, get that empty-neck goal from Evander Kane to put it away and survive 4-2 and close out the game. They got the team defense. They got to the block the shots. They cleared the puck when they needed it. They got the saves from Stuart Skinner, unlike at the end of game one when they were trying to hang on to that one goal lead. So Edmonton finds a way, and that's what it's about uh, at this time of year. And they avoid a similar game one implosion to tie that series as the scene shifts to LA. And I think Edmonton, Alex, is in a good spot because this has been an amazing road team this year, the Edmonton Oilers. They've actually been much better on the road, in fact, much better on the road than they've been at home. So I would expect them to at least win one game in L.A. I'm not going to say two, but they'll at least win one in L.A. because they've been such a good road team. So a huge win. And like I say, this just has that feel of a series that will go six minimum.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, if if I'm an Oiler fan, I wouldn't be so worried about the back-and-forth pace. I'd be a little concerned about the fact you can't hold on to a lead. Uh, you know, it would be one thing, like I said, trading goals is one thing, but you're, you've blown a pair of two-goal leads now at home. That's a little concerning. And so now the thing is, can L.A. jump out in front of a lead at home? Can Edmonton jump out in front of a lead on the road and then hold on to it? Those are the, the kind of questions you can see. But I think I, I think it's just going to, like I said, it will be back and forth. This screams six or seven games for sure, and, and it's hard to try to jump in on a, on a series price one way or another, honestly. Uh, like I said, I, I grabbed that you know series ends in six. Just going to stick to that as far as the series price goes and try to attack this. Probably not even side and total-wise. This is more going to be, like I said, a period, you know, first-period player or in-game looks. And, and, you know, cashing the first-period uh, puck line again with Edmonton, That that's worth now two-for-two. So I don't know if we look for that uh, necessarily here in game three, but it, it's something to consider. I think, I think attacking the game period by period is a little bit better than going full game on anything at this point.
1: That's a great theme to hit on because that's the way I'm approaching a couple of the games tonight on this uh, Tuesday or sorry, this Thursday NHL uh, slate here uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, again, another good game from a lot of the Kings, even though they lost uh, and Deneau was excellent. Deno has done a great checking job on McDavid. I think, you know, the power plays is really when, when he's been coming to life, but five on five, you know, it hasn't been great for Connor McDavid. In fact, he's got one point, you know, in the first two games. Uh, Of this series and the fact that the Oilers are actually 1-1 in the series with McDavid having just one point, you know, in the first two games of this series combined, which is actually bad for him, you know, for some people that's phenomenal for some people that's absolutely outstanding, but for uh, Connor McDavid, you know, one point in two playoff games is not great. You know, so uh, and yet here they are still 1-1 as the scene shifts to uh, L.A. And uh, that's a good series. It'll, I think, continue to be a very good competitive series with the Kings and the Oilers. All right, let's turn our attention to tonight. We've got four games and we'll begin in Toronto. It's the first game to drop the puck tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. First round, game two, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto uh, Maple Leafs. We've got the uh, Leafs minus 170. Uh, home favorites, uh, the total in this game currently, uh, six, uh, shaded to the over, I think a couple of books have six and a half, but majority of books have six here as far as the uh, total is concerned. Um, look, um, there's not really much that you need to say as far as Toronto is concerned, other than this is a must have for them. The, the prospect of them going down to nothing back to Tampa Bay would be, uh, extremely excruciating and painful. Uh, maybe even more painful than losing game one the way they did in just such ugly fashion uh, for the Leafs. But uh, very important to note uh, in terms of the uh, lineup for both teams here because there's a lot to dissect here as far as who's in and who's out uh, for both of these teams. Uh, As far as Tampa Bay goes, they've already ruled out Eric Chernak, who is, again, I think one of their best defensemen in terms of shot suppression, defensively, physical. Uh, He will not play. Uh, He took that elbow. Uh, courtesy of Michael Bunting, that garnered him a three-game suspension. Um, I knew he was going to get suspended. I'm not shocked. I think he could have said, based on you know the severity, maybe just one or two. But uh, I, I know why they gave him three. This is a guy that's been an irritant. You know he, you know he's been on the bad side of the referees much of the season. And I think they found gave the, uh, the player safety found this as an opportunity where we're going to make an example out of you. And, and, you know, you're getting a little carried away. You know, this is a wake-up call for Michael Bunting. Stop with the nonsense. And that's that That hit was nonsense. It was it was stupid. It was dumb. It was unnecessary. And, and he is uh, paying the price for it uh, with the uh, three-game suspension. So, obviously, Bunting's not playing and wouldn't be eligible to return now until game five uh, in this series. So, he's out for uh, Toronto tonight. Uh, but also out for Tampa, Mikey Aceymont, who took a clean hit. I have no issue with the clean hit that he took, courtesy of Jake McCabe, uh, in uh, Game 1. He's out. And as far as uh, Victor Hedman, who also left that game due to injury, uh, game-time decision is what John Cooper said, so we'll have to wait until uh, the pregame skate. There is some good news, though, for Tampa Bay. Well, maybe it's good news. He really hasn't done jack shit since he got there in the trade from Nashville, but Tanner Janot will be uh, returning from a lengthy absence for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and will play tonight. Uh, in game two so that could add some spice i mean he hasn't given them shit offensively since joining tampa bay but certainly a physical player uh could add to the uh animosity factor if you will between these uh, two teams tonight so and get in on the forecheck do all those little things so those are the uh, big lineup adjustments uh, bunting out for toronto we will see the leaf uh, playoff debut of matthew nyes tonight uh the great college uh player out of minnesota Uh, just an outstanding uh, year for him, Uh, an outstanding team that was. He got into three regular season games down the stretch and did not look out of place. And it's really amazing to see all these college players come into the NHL and not look out of place. Nice hasn't looked out of place. Brock Faber hasn't looked out of place for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, Luke Hughes, look what he did for the uh, New Jersey Devils down the stretch of the regular season. So I actually think it's a boost. I think the playoff spotlight won't be too bright for him. Will he make the odd mistake? Yeah, of course. He's a young kid. But I thought there was a lot more good than bad. He's a big body presence. He shields the puck well. He takes the puck to the net. You know, He's got the elements of someone that can be a very effective power forward at a time like this uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he fares in this game. Uh, No goalie change as expected, even though it was a rough night. It was a rough night for the entire team, but it was also rough for Samsonov. He's back uh, in net. Of course, there'll be Vasilevsky for uh, Tampa Bay um if you're the leafs here you got to come out firing and and i think after getting embarrassed and morgan riley said it um william nylander said it mitch marner said it everybody in the press conference quotes yes this morning after the morning skate and yesterday said the start buried us the start is where we were bad okay and we gotta have a much better start right from the opening puck drop multiple leafs said that so you know, if you're interested in Toronto, and I meant what I said yesterday, I'm not touching Toronto. Uh, I'll touch some props. I'll look at the total tonight, but I will not be looking at Toronto. Uh, I, I've I've I put them in timeout for tonight. I got to see it, but I do think this does set up spot wise very well for them. They're saying the right things about a hot start because they know that three nothing first period deficit pretty much buried them in game one. So I think if you're gonna take Toronto tonight, focus more on that first period. You could go with Toronto, you know minus one. You could go with Toronto in regulation, which is around uh, plus 102. But I think that first period, especially the puck line, you know, which is out there at plus 160, you know, at DraftKings and Bet365, you got to think that's where they'll be at their best tonight and strongest, the Leafs, is that opening period knowing what a debacle uh, that first period was the other night. So I think the Leafs first period spot is a good spot. It's a good price, minus a half, plus 160 if you're going to look at the Leafs here tonight, which I do lean with, but I'm worried to touch it at this point until I see better. Uh, I do like some props in this game. Um, Nylander scored in game one. He's a consistent. He's been one of the few consistents for the Leafs in the playoffs in terms of production. So I don't mind a look toward Nylander to score a goal tonight for the uh, Leafs here uh, in this game. Probably a good chance. And uh, it's over shots on goal makes sense. There's a. I think it's going to be a high volume shot night for the Leafs. So you know Nylander, Matthews, Marner. Uh, any of those guys to go over their shot prop makes a lot of sense to me uh, in this game. O'Reilly is one of those rugged playoff performers. So, you know, to look at a, either a goal prop, and he did score in game one, but more importantly, a point prop, which is only, you know, minus 122, a very fair price. You know, I could see that here tonight in this game. For Tampa Bay, you know, Corey Perry was excellent. If you think it's going to continue, what, one goal, two assists? He had a great game one. He's a Toronto killer, you know, historically, going back to any team he's played with. So, There's a prop to look at. I still wouldn't shy away from Alex Kalorn, Kucherov, Stamkos. You know, I'd really center on those guys for Tampa as far as props go. Uh, But this prop that I like the most, and maybe the bet that I like the most in this game, and I like actually the first period over and the full game over. I'm going to get right back to those two bets like in game one because, look, if Tampa's depleted on the back end, we already know Chernak, one of their better defensive-minded defensemen, is out. What if Hedman's out too? That is huge. That means there's going to be room. There's going to be time and space out there for Toronto to make hay. And at the same time, you know, Toronto showed you in game one, you know, is their defense going to shut it down? Maybe not. So uh, I it's probably an over theme for me again here. First period full game tonight uh, in game two. But the number one bet for me in this game, uh, I think you already know where it's headed. It's Andre Vasilevsky over saves. I think he's going to be pelted with shots tonight in this game, pelted because this is this is a must get. the toronto maple leafs this could be 30 35 maybe even 40 shots here for this leaf team tonight absolute desperation marner's got to be better i thought matthews was good defensively but you know he's got to make more of an offensive impact marner was really poor in game one he's got to be better the whole blue line has to be better i think they're a little bit more aggressive maybe and uh, the blue liners joining the play as well but regardless i think this is a game where uh, andre vasilevsky for the lightning is really going to face Uh, A lot of shots. Now, a lot of books don't have his saves props posted yet because he hasn't been confirmed as the goalie. And we're seeing a lot of late posting now uh, on game day with these save props. But I expect it to be, you know, in the last game, it was in that 30 and a half range, his save prop. I'd expect it to be right around there again. So uh, over 30 and a half saves, 31 and a half saves, it's it's probably going to be right around that number. Uh, I do like it uh, for Andre Vasilevsky uh, in this one. It's probably one of the best ways to attack it. Uh, if you like Toronto, especially because then you don't have to worry about the puck going in, uh, which, again, with Vasilevsky, uh, when he's on his game, sometimes that's difficult to see the puck cross the goal line. What do you think here, Alex? Game two, Tampa Bay, Toronto.
0: Yeah, I love the overlooks, but I'm going to wait in game. I want to get a better price with that one and a half, and, and I'm trying to get a five and a half uh, laying a price or hopefully plus money as well. Then I think, like I said, we're going to see a, a frenetic pace between both teams. Toronto's got to play this one. Uh, you know, completely all out, especially in the first period. You cannot. They said you have to cut off game one. Forget about that and treat this as the, this is your reset, and this is the only reset you're going to get because you go down 0-2, you're in a massive world of trouble. But the one thing I would look at if I like Tampa Bay, if you if you like Tampa Bay and you're watching this, obviously you're going to look at, the, at the, the dog price plus 150. But I would probably take a look at Ilya Samsonov under saves. You know, there's been kind of talks about, you know, he's looking, you know, a little ginger, you know, moving uh post to post, you know, wondering if he, if he might be dealing with something. And if he, he gets had injury slash early,
1: illness down the stretch, that's true. Yeah. Yep.
0: And so yep. if he gets lit, if he gets lit up early, you know, mm-hmm. Toronto's going to have to just make a change. It's not even necessarily meaning, oh, he's actually hurt, but they're going to have to shake things up and probably bring in wall. They can't afford to to go down two nothing, three nothing in this game. So if you like Tampa Bay, I would spend a little bit on on the the 27 and a half uh for Samsonov, and you may be looking at he could possibly get pulled uh so that's something i would take a small shot with but like i said i'm staying away from sides and totals here i'm going with well, sides and totals free game i'm going with totals in game for the first period in the full game
1: yeah we're seeing that a couple books yeah there we go i see it now bet that 365 didn't have it just an hour ago they do now yeah 31 and a half for uh vasilevsky's save Prop number, yeah, I like it over. I think, yeah, I think he can. I think he's going to be uh, under siege tonight from this. Whether uh, they win or not, game. that's a good bet.
0: Like, I mean, that yeah. that that's like I said, that's probably the more solid, safer option to stay away from really anything involving a win or loser. Yeah,
1: because you could. This is this could be a game where Toronto gets four, five, six. Because remember, they did beat Tampa five nothing in Game One at home last year, so they can light it up if 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 they're on their game and Vasilevsky's a little bit off his game, which we've seen this year. At times yeah. that Vasilevsky can be off his game, but it wouldn't it, like it could but it could go either way with that. It could be five goals on 42 shots, it could be just one or two goals on 42 shots if Vasilevsky's a brick wall. So that's why that's prop is a good t- approach.
0: And even even if you like Toronto to come out hot, the likelihood of Vasilevsky getting ran out is, is much, much lower than Simsonov getting ran out. So yeah, so I still would, would like that. Even if I like Toronto to to win big, or you know, I would still look at that Vasilevsky over. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Plus, again, if it's a depleted blue line, it's already without Chernak. It could still be without Hedman tonight. Yeah, there's going to be more shots, and I think uh, they'll give up more shots. The shot suppression will not – the shot suppression already takes a hit without Chernak because he blocks so many shots, and he's in good defensive posture. But then without Hedman as well, uh, that could be trouble. Uh, and that's why the shot clock could ramp up tonight for Toronto big time, plus the urgency factor, as I mentioned. All right, we got Rangers and Devils. We've got uh, Devils minus 135 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, I like the Rangers in the series, but I like the Devils here in game two. I and mean, I bet the Devils here in, in game two minus 135. Um, they're a really good hockey team. I, I, game one was kind of what I thought might happen. The Rangers, you know, just use their. A playoff experience from last year going all the way to the Eastern Conference Final. A goaltender that's, you know, had a full couple of playoff seasons now. In Shestirkin against a team that's just experiencing this shit for the first time, really. A lot of these Devils players. I think the Devils will be calmer tonight, relaxed. Uh, I think they'll have a greater idea of the intensity of the pace that you see at playoff time. Just how much of a physical, uh, how much you have to up the ante if you will, from a physicality standpoint at this time of year. I think all of that was basically uh, a new experience here for uh, New Jersey uh, in uh, the first game of this series. So uh, I'm just going to go with uh, New Jersey here, minus 135 uh, here in game two. Um, I am tempted, though. You know what I might do? And I'm doing this with Seattle, Colorado later, which I'll mention. I like the one side, but I also like the team total for the opponent because it's two and a half. And I really still like it with the Rangers. I mean, if they put it out there again at just two and a half with their team total, even though I don't like them to win game two, I could see four, three devils. I could see five, three devils. I could see five, four devils and devils win. And the Ranger team total over still hits. And you could have a chance to cash both sides of it. So that's the way I'm going here. I got the Rangers team total over again, Uh, New Jersey money line. And I'm back to the well with a first period full game over. I'm, I'll, keep, I'll keep hammering these five and a halves if they're going to put it out there at that number in this series. Because to me, um, for all the defensive ability the Rangers have, for having one of the best goalies in the NHL, uh, for New Jersey being able to clamp down on defense sometimes when they want to, there's just too much firepower, too much weaponry. Uh, the power plays are too good. The Rangers showed it in game one. I think the Devils' power play will be a little bit better. I also think they'll get a few more calls to go their way tonight, the Devils, and I think they could capitalize with it. Just there's too many offensive game breakers, and I think the pace of both of the of game one was high enough that I just can't believe this total, once again, Alex, is below a six yeah. here in game two tonight. So uh, I'm on the first period over, the full game over, the Devils' money line, and a, the Ranger team total again at over two and a half. Uh, Alex, Rangers, Devils.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, right there with you with the Devils on the money line. I grabbed that at minus $1. thirty yesterday, and I'm also going back to the well with the first period over. I mean, like I said, seeing this low of a number, I've seen as low as minus one hundred eight at at FanDuel for the first period over. That, that's crazy when that last game should have had four goals in the first period, uh, not just two, so. You know like I said take what the books give us and they're giving us great value so definitely right with that like i said i felt this is going to be a, a breakneck back and forth series the entire time so it just feels right you know to go with the zigzag theory here of backing the devils is a cheap enough price for it uh i saw kt owusu in the chat saying he thinks rags could sweep if you do you know the way to play that would be grab game two money line grab Rangers to win in four and a little bit of rangers to win in five to ensure those good prices uh, moving forward. If you, if you feel that that comfortable about it, uh, you have that set up because you're not going to get these prices. If, if the Rangers go up to nothing going back home. And that's a, the theory I talked about yesterday. Didn't work out with Minnesota, but I'll be talking about it again with one of the Western Conference as well.
1: All right. And a lot of props I like here as well. Jack Hughes to score tonight. Hey, look, if, if they're going to win Devils, he's going to have a hand in it. He'll score. He'll find the back of the net. So I like Jack Hughes goal prop you know, in the plus 140 range is what I'm seeing here. Uh, how do I not take, um, you know, in this to uh, an old friend of mine from this Devils team, and I, and I think he could actually strike tonight. And down the stretch, he was starting to heat up. Remember, he had that, he had that incredible double-digit point streak. Then he cooled off for a bit. Down the stretch, he started to heat up again. A little bit quiet in game one, but everybody for New Jersey was. It's back to Dar- Dawson Mercer. Hello, my old friend. Uh, Dawson Mercer, point prop here for the New Jersey Devils, uh, minus 126. Uh, I think that's not a bad uh, option here as well tonight uh, for this game. You know, on the Rangers side, you know, Zabanejad was quiet in game one. You know, sometimes in these playoff series, you bet someone in one game and they're quiet and you say, oh, geez, they didn't do anything. And you don't bet them the next game. That's sometimes when they wake up and they make an impact. So I'd probably go away more from Kreider uh or you know and more towards bandage ad maybe to find the back of the net at around plus 230 at fan i like that price for a guy that did nothing that probably knows he could play a little bit better uh plus 230 for mika a bandage ad here to score a goal tonight uh, i think might be worth a look and after having four assists for the new york rangers in game one you know adam fox who by the way his point prop is minus 145 you could go with that or you could even get a better price and just hone in on the assist prop for Adam Fox, which is only minus minus one fourteen. So again, this guy had four assists for the uh, New York Rangers in game one. So uh, that's a, a prop that definitely appeals to me. And we talked about the saves prop with um, Vasilevsky in the Tampa Bay, Toronto game. I think this might be Igor Shosturkin over saves. Cause again, you got a team that's at home trailing the series one, nothing. It's going to want to be throwing everything they can and all kinds of rubber at the opposing rangers net Uh, and i think you're going to probably see that from the uh, new jersey devils tonight so uh igor shesterkin and i see his saves prop is posted at a a lot more books than say the tampa goalie vasilevsky and it's 31 and a half as well for uh, igor shesterkin tonight so that's probably worth a look to igor shesterkin over saves prop uh, here for the uh, new york rangers all right great stuff that's the uh, eastern Conference first round game two matchups tonight. Uh, 208 live viewers on YouTube. A uh, good amount of live viewers. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. Shout out to our podcast listeners as well. Back to talk Western Conference first round game two matchups involving Winnipeg, Vegas, and Seattle, Colorado. Coming right up uh, right after we hear from our good friends at Gramco. Support
0: for the Ice Gas is brought to
1: you by Gramco.
0: Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake and bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today.
1: And we have ourselves some brand new products that are available with our friends at Gramco and Alex, uh, tell us about it.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to uh, say thanks to Robin, our representative over at Gramco. She sent some of the new HHC and CBD gummies. They're both in watermelon flavors, the CBD, the 25 milligrams and the HHC, 20 milligrams. So uh, if you're looking for just some pain relief and joint health, uh, you know, inflammation relief, use the CBD. And if you want to just have a real nice relaxing uh, experience, maybe for after the games, that uh hhc will get you nice and ready so check out thegramco.com use promo code uh, ice guys you can also use promo code for today ice 420 that will also work to celebrate the holiday of course uh 420 and you get 20 off your order
1: i got to imagine those gramco products are great at playoff time especially after a high stress high adrenaline flowing night of watching stanley cup yeah. playoff hockey which is not for the faint of heart and then you basically get to uh, cool off and relax and take a downer with some gramco stuff absolutely sure. even even the cbd
0: the cbd because it doesn't it's not psychoactive but it just just relaxes your body it's like like having a great you know uh you know like massage after a, a tense night
1: yeah and we figured we go uh talk about it. yeah it's happy 420 of course yes absolutely so all the more reason to really hammer it home that uh our, mm-hmm. our association with the gramco.com uh, and the great products that they uh, have certainly is so uh 420 uh, appreciate it uh, uh, very much, and shout out to everyone celebrating it. All right, next up uh, on this uh, slate for this Thursday night, we'll turn our attention to the West now, uh, and we will start in Colorado, where we've got Seattle taking on uh, Colorado. Uh, we've got the uh, Kraken uh, right now. a uh, or Sorry, the Avs, minus 220, uh, home favorites, six the total here uh, in this game, too. Which, um, look, I mean, for Colorado, we've, it's kind of like deja vu with the other teams we talked about. Because in all four of these games tonight, we've got, you know, the home team down one nothing in the series. And we've got that once again here tonight with uh, Colorado, uh, who are looking to bounce back uh, after a loss to Seattle in Game 1. This is one where I'm a little bit more cautious, to be honest, to uh, endorse, you know, the team down one Um First of all, it's all about the price why I'm a little hesitant. I mean, this is minus 225, and it's moving up to minus 230 and even minus 240, you know, in some spots right now with uh, Colorado. That's pretty rich for a Colorado team that certainly they could bounce back and maybe they roll 6-2, 5-3, something like that, and they tie this series. Very much could happen. But there is just very little evidence that, Colorado has had an easy time of it with Seattle this year, including, of course, Game One the other night. These teams have played four times. Seattle's three and one, and the only Colorado win was in Seattle, two to one in a shootout. Seattle is three and zero oh in this building at Ball Arena this year against the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, some people might might not even realize that or be shot and be shocked by it, but three and0 for the Kraken in Colorado this year this is a this is a tough price to stomach for me because I certainly get the spot and the spot betters coming out in droves this is the Stanley Cup Champions down one nothing at home they absolutely have to have to win this game I know there's people thinking that let's go Colorado abs regulation especially puck line uh lay the big wood on the money line maybe even do that but I'm a little hesitant. What I am gonna do is take Colorado in the first period, just like I recommended with Toronto um and uh it's what's what I'm gonna do here. Uh, it is a bet for me here in the first period because I really like that price more than anything. I mean the regulation price on Colorado, some books have it as high as minus one forty five now you know even at the pinnacle reduced reduced juice book, Pinnacle sports, which I love, even there it's still only minus one twenty eight you know for the um uh regulation price this to me looks like last night where if you take Edmonton you know the the regulation price wasn't great but you look maybe first period puck line you look maybe team total over which ended up getting there at three and a half with Edmonton and I know the abs team total over uh, is three and a half here to be quite honest with you I'm I'm a little bit more interested in the Seattle team total over two and a half at plus 105 with what I saw from them the reason why is because I think they can skate with Colorado, they showed it in Game One. They're a fast hockey team. Lines one through four, even their lower, uh, bottom six forward groups, uh, group players have shown it all year. The ability to just skate and be able to keep pace, you know, with a team that drives the pace better, n- not pretty much better than anybody else in Colorado. Uh, and so Seattle, because if you watch their lineup, uh, McCann, Beneers, Eberly, Schwartz, Went, Wenberg, Geeky, great skaters, Tolvanen, Gord, Bjorkstrand. These are all above average skaters. You know, they uh, they can play with pace and they are not in, in awe of it. And they've got a goaltender in Philip Grubauer. I said it after game one. He wants to beat this team. I know it because they said, hey, we're passing on you two years ago. If we're going to complete our Stanley Cup mission, it's not going to be with you as our goaltender. And they ended up signing Kemper uh, at the at, when it's all said and done. So uh, I think when you look at this game here, this is kind of like what I'm doing with the Rangers Devils game where, I do like the price on Colorado first period puck line. I don't love it for the regulation price, so I'm not betting that. I'm just going to go with that first period puck line on Colorado, minus a half, plus 135. I will be on that. I am, at, by the way, at 5.5 at Pro Line Plus, Betway, uh, the score bet, FanDuel. They all have this total at 5.5. I like over 5.5 here uh, in this game, if that's the number they're going to put out there. And I'm also going to put that Seattle team total in pocket at 2.5. So it's a weird approach here. But I think that's a decent chance we go 3-0 and with all these approaches. The Colorado puck line, Seattle team total over 2.5, which is plus 105 at Pinnacle, a great price, uh, and the over 5.5 for the full game. So that's the approach for me. Uh, and like I say, if you like Colorado on their own, I would say first period puck line and team total over are a little bit better bang for your buck than, say, the regulation price which is now up in the minus 130 to minus 140 even minus 150 range with the line move toward Colorado uh the, the, the over three and a half at minus 105 to minus 110 team total is probably your better option if you really like Colorado for the duration of the 60 minutes uh what do you think here Alex game two Seattle Colorado
0: yeah you made a great point about Seattle being just a, a better you know looking team as far as skating goes and they are the you know clearly the better skaters right now and they ask, you know, like I said, I just don't see that intensity. I don't see that next level, that, that energy that that we – something's missing there with that. And I don't think it's just personnel. It's just something internally. And I'm not sure what, what the case is. And, you know, so I like that Seattle look of team total over uh, two and a half at, at plus money. I would probably lay that all the way to a dollar ten, dollar fifteen, and, and then I like the full game over, but I want to wait and grab a five and a half in game for sure. Uh, because I, I think, you know, maybe Seattle – could you know slow this game down a bit after getting a lead and and you know Colorado if they don't show that fight show that energy back this could be another 3-1 3-2 kind of a game I don't want to be stuck with a six again and, you know so Colorado's got to show that 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 energy and, and like I said if you like the abs yeah first period puck line needs the cash uh for the abs to win this game if if it doesn't if it stays you know 1-1 or or, or they're trailing uh that, that seems to be problematic because they just don't seem to be making the proper adjustments uh, not even just from a game plan perspective, but just from an energy level perspective right now based on what we saw in the first game.
1: Yeah, no question. Uh, as far as props go, uh, now McDavid didn't score last night, but you know he had some chances. He had uh, like seven or eight shots on goal, so it's not like he was terrible, but he did not find the back of the net, much to my chagrin. I think McKinnon will tonight. McKinnon usually, when the Colorado Avalanche lose in the playoffs and McKinnon had a lackluster game one, you know you just got to bet him. You know to score the next game if, if they're going to uh, tie this series he's going to have a hand in it uh, here tonight so it's only minus 115 minus 120 his goal prop can't say the price is great but certainly you'd have to think he's got a great chance to uh, get on the uh, scoreboard uh for this one i'm going to probably look at devon taves to get a point uh the kale mccarr prop to get a point probably is worth a look but unfortunately the price you see with the point prop for mccarr's minus 200 so but the assist prop for Kale McCarr is only minus minus one thirty. I think that's a solid option uh, for you here uh, in this one. I mean, focus on the, the big Taves, McCarr, McKinnon and Ranton. And those are going to have to be the guys because quite honestly, I'll be, and I said it after game one, Alex, they're not getting a lot of scoring punch and chances and high volume danger opportunities and shots from the third and the fourth line. Who's going to scare you right now? I mean, that's a real issue for Colorado, even if they get through Seattle in this series moving forward. Right now, they have a third and a fourth line that is very, very uh, quiet offensively. Ben Myers, Lars Eller, Dennis Malgan, Matt Nieto, uh, Alex Newhook has really gone ice cold, and Logan O'Connor. I mean, that's your bottom six right now for Colorado. They aren't giving you much uh, at the moment offensively. So, so much of the offense is falling toward McKinnon and Rantanen uh, and, uh, to, a lo- to a lesser extent, the who was i thought pretty quiet in game one i think found the chushkin maybe a, to get a point possibly tonight as well i mean you want to focus on that group of players uh the chushkin point prop is actually ah, just a little bit too expensive so i would probably just say score a goal Chuskin at plus 214 for a better uh price but shots on goal for Chuskin certainly as well Ranton and mckinnon shots on goal for them probably make a lot of sense as well so uh, definitely lack center depth says john massey it shows on the power play uh, Confer can't do what landis does uh, that's true uh there is a bit of a drop off there at the offensive end Confer, in, in little flashes has shown you the ability to give you a, a thrust of offense in the second center spot but it's never been consistent with him uh, and that's probably and you're missing kadri yep 100 i've said that a bunch the center depth has taken a hit uh, no doubt for this Colorado team, I expect them to go out full bore. But like I say, I see we've got we've now seen multiple games with these two teams, and Seattle has not taken a back step to no. Colorado, which is why I'm put I put that Kraken team total over in my pocket because I really do think uh, they could find their way to three goals, and yet Colorado may still win this game. So, kind of what I see there. All right, we've got uh, the final game for this uh, Thursday card: Winnipeg and Vegas. Vegas minus 165 home favorites, five and a half the total. This is a real tricky game, okay, because this is, again, like Colorado, like we talked about with Jersey and Toronto. You would expect the spot to favor the home team here, not looking to uh, go down 2-0 at home in this series. But then you look at the price, minus 165. You have a Vegas team that looked like they were stuck in mud, okay? Literal mud, literal quicksand is what it looked like in game one. They couldn't generate shit. I mean, I was stunned by it. I know the Jets can be capable of playing quite well, but I was floored with how ineffective and punchless the Vegas Golden Knights were in game one. 17 shots on goal on home ice at in that building where you've been so strong since you became a fr- franchise and you didn't even crack 20 as far as shots on goal. That's a problem. That's a huge red flag to me. And I'm not saying Vegas is in deep shit now and deep trouble, and they could come back and win this game. But that's a real major worry for me, that at home in game one against a team that is is a solid group, the Winnipeg Jets defense, but it's nowhere near the 90s devils. It's nowhere near some of those Tampa Bay teams that shut people down in their Stanley Cup championship victories. And, And the Vegas Golden Knights could barely generate anything. Uh, In game one. So that's the worry I have here for Vegas moving. Now, I expect the start to be strong from them. And I'm uh, but I just think this price is a little bit wide. You know, at minus one sixty five, just a touch high, given what we saw from Vegas in game one, which was nothing. Eichel made zero impact on the game. I hate to say it, couldn't find him with a telescope. Let's call it like we saw it. It was a rough game one for him. You could tell that was his first playoff game. Uh, for sure. He's trying to get used to the ramped up intensity uh, of the uh, postseason. Uh, everybody was quiet. Uh, Marcia, so Riley Smith. I mean, it was just uh, a very quiet night uh, for the big. And Mark Stone, of course, he hasn't played in a while. You can't expect him to be flying right away uh, after being out for as long as he was. I do expect Vegas to be strong early. Uh, I have a real different, unique, weird approach for this game, and it's uh, three bets here, and it's three different types of bets. I'm going to be on a small bet on Winnipeg here, plus 145, because I legitimately think this is the one team that could really go up to zip uh, here in this series, especially when you factor in, look, Laurent Swag got off to a great start, but then it really tailed off for him second period, third period, and you got Connor Hellebuck at the other end who, you know, quite honestly was phenomenal uh, in game one. Now he didn't face a ton of shots, but the shots he did face, he was real strong. I think it's another close, tight game like Winnipeg a little bit, plus 145. This is the one game I am on the draw uh, tonight with the uh, Jets and the uh, Golden Knights. I think it is definitely worth a look. And again, at FanDuel, which always gives you the best prices. You can find the uh, draw uh, for game two here with the Jets and the Golden Knights at a nice, a solid a value price, plus 360. I really like that price for the draw here. And I'm also going to go with a first period correct score bet, and I don't do this very often. I'm going Vegas one, Winnipeg nothing, plus 425, correct score in the first period. I'm going for that route instead of just Vegas puck line because I think that really is a legit first period score where they really clamp down early, they find a way to beat Hellebuck, uh, they pepper him with shots, and I like Hellebuck saves, and I forgot to mention I like Grubauer saves again for Seattle in the previous game. All, you know, all the teams that are down one nothing essentially. You know, i'm on the saves prop for the teams that are up one nothing vasilevsky over saves oversaves, over saves grubauer over saves and in this game hellebach uh, over saves i just hope they generate those shots which they did not do uh, obviously vegas in game one but i think the urgency will be there to do that so a unique approach for yours truly one nothing vegas correct score first period plus 425 small bet winnipeg plus 145 small bet draw plus 360. Uh, Alex Jets Golden Knights.
0: Yeah, I like I like that approach a lot, and uh, I might actually tell you a little small on that correct score one nothing because it'll set up for me nicely. Uh, I would be looking at Winnipeg to score next goal live, and also would set up an even bigger price to ju- grab Jets money line. I grabbed plus one thirty yesterday. Uh, I did not expect to see this big of a move coming toward Vegas. I expected some money, but not to where we'd see this almost, you know, be 145, probably close, possibly 150 before puck drop, uh, especially with a later start too you can certainly anticipate something I think we haven't really talked about too, but I don't know if you've noticed this. We've seen more money come in on those two late night games uh, so far, these first couple of nights. So that's something that obviously just naturally people win from the first game. They transferred over that second. So um, keep an eye on that. So we might see this close higher than 145 could be, you know, plus 150, maybe even 155. But if you're down with nothing, now you're getting a really great in game price to, to, to jump in with as well. And like I said, this theory that I've been looking with now with these, You know, we had six eight eight row teams win game one. I'm going with Winnipeg on the money line, but I'm also taking Winnipeg. I got plus 700 for a four nothing sweep, I got plus 500 uh, for the four one series win for the Jets. So that's the way I'm betting the series now because I feel like those prices will be split in half and and disappear. And I don't think we're going to get. Uh, Winnipeg is a dog in Game Three if they win this two nothing. I think we're going to get Winnipeg probably opening maybe even minus one you know one twenty 120, one twenty five. Where with a couple other spots, say the Rangers, uh, you know, or even Seattle if they go back home, we might see especially Seattle. Seattle would certainly be a dog at home down or uh, up to nothing against Colorado because of just how high Colorado's been favored. Except we haven't seen that much of an adjustment from Game One to Game Two. So Jets money line, grab it now plus one forty five. Maybe play a little bit small. Like I said, I'll put a little small on on the Knights' correct score up one nothing at plus four twenty five, and then that sets me up for a live play uh, in game. And then also for futures, I have jet sweep uh, plus seven hundred and four one Jets
1: plus five hundred. There we go. Good stuff. Uh, like uh that, I like that approach. I like my approach. I think it's sound. Uh, I think it's um it's reasonable uh, because I don't know if Vegas still in their lineup has the punch against a you know a, a Winnipeg team with a, a really good goalie in net to be up by more than one nothing honestly after the first period so that's why I like that correct score and, and again with the uh, that, but at the same time the Jets will be right in it I don't think they'd I don't think they're going to get blown out even if Vegas brings a much better effort tonight and there we go Jets money line and the draw split and it does feel like that's the one I like the draw I, I do feel like this could be your overtime game right here
0: Yeah I definitely like the draw as well but I also have uh, three of these games to go to overtime at plus 800. So that's the reason why I'm not playing the draw at 360. I totally endorse the draw, especially when you yep. grab 360 at FanDuel. By all means, that's definitely something I would have, but I already kind of have that in pocket uh, of sorts. So with, you know, spreading out other things, uh, I'm just kind of taking that uh, that one off of the card. tonight.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And if we're uh, the overtime game counter, which I am keeping track of because a certain uh, person, a.k.a. me, does have over nine and a half, overtime games in the first round of the uh, stanley cup playoffs and we're up to uh three uh overtime games uh, after uh last night uh because again we had our third overtime game of the first round with islanders hurricanes uh game two so uh we need seven more uh essentially seven more overtime games in the uh, first round completely to dope. get there yeah and we're off to dope. a solid start with that no doubt uh, with three here in the first uh three nights Uh, of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs here uh, in the uh, first round. All right, uh, great stuff. I'm just trying to think, is there any props that I did not mention here? There is one for Vegas uh, that I do uh, like. Again, everybody got shut down. Nobody generated anything, you know, offensively uh, in game one of that series. Uh, But when I look at it, I would look at Josh Morrissey point and assist prop tonight, worth a look. Uh, Goal prop here tonight in this uh, Vegas and uh, Winnipeg game. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just trying to see. Uh, I actually, I, I need to see better from Michael, but I don't feel totally confident in Eichel, honestly, uh, tonight finding the uh, back of the net necessarily. But, you know, what I am going to look at here tonight for sure, though, is Riley Smith. I talked about Riley Smith uh, after uh, game one uh, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and uh, the point streak he was on down the stretch. Again, everybody got shut down in game one, but if they're going to make noise offensively tonight, and try to even up this series. Riley Smith has a hand in it, in my opinion. And again, plus 110 for his point prop tonight uh, in this game. Uh, I do like that once again uh, on the Golden Knights side. All right, great stuff. We appreciate everybody joining us here. Hit the like button uh, if you're watching on YouTube. 224. Uh, live viewers right now here uh, on youtube appreciate it very much shout out to our podcast listeners as well reminder as always check out patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars a month goalie charts totals charts power ratings daily ice guys show betting card bonus content and more check it out patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars a month
0: also check out the ice guys store ice guys dot we added some new stuff for the summertime we got tank tops for men and women Uh, we've also got some loungewear. we got a bunch of cool stuff along with the usual T-shirts and caps and hoodies and mugs and everything else. So check it out right now, the Ice Guys store. That's iceguys.mysprayshop.com.
1: All right, good stuff. Uh, A very fascinating Thursday night ahead, certainly, of Stanley Cup playoff hockey. Uh, we got best bets to wrap up the show coming right up right after we hear from Manscaped support for the ice guys is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscapes performance package the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 7 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Guys. that's promo code i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40, nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant, keep you smelling good, looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0. We'll take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it's time for best bets to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the show. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah,
0: we're going to go with the Winnipeg Jets. You can grab them on the money line right now at plus 145, but also make sure to grab, like I said, Jets in four and Jets in five as well. I'm seeing as high as plus 750 at a couple of shops for that Jets sweep and five plus five plus 525 around there for jets to win 4-1 so we're gonna grab those two as well as the winnipeg jets on the money line plus a dollar 45 that's my best bet for this 420.
1: there it is 420 best bet winnipeg jets jets woo woo jets uh, plus 130 35 even up there actually upwards now plus 140 45 even uh, on the winnipeg jets uh is a best bet my best bet uh we're gonna go to uh to And we're going to go with the Lightning and Leafs over six, minus 120. Full game over. We cast the full game over with Florida. It wasn't the best bet yesterday, but we had that Florida-Boston over six. I think we have this one over six. A depleted Lightning blue line. Toronto finds some goals tonight, especially with their backs against the wall. But, you know, we just saw Tampa put up seven. You know, I think it's reasonable to think Tampa Bay doesn't get shut out or totally shut down either. So I think we see goals both ways enough. To send this game over the total lightning leafs over six minus 120 for my best bet here for this Thursday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for uh, joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We do want to mention actually before we leave, you knew it was going to be this date anyway. It's been Tuesday, uh, every Tuesday for a while now. But yes, just to make it official, our next bet cast is next Tuesday, April 25th. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, another Stanley Cup Playoffs live betcast. Live betting and commentary with me, Alex, and of course, all of our viewers and listeners. Uh, drinking encouraged. Uh, DM at Bobano on Twitter or email bobano350 at gmail.com to request a spot on the betcast. And we will send you the link for it for next Tuesday night, April 25th. Our next uh, Ice Guys Stanley Cup Playoffs live betcast. Uh, great stuff. Again, uh, if you uh, can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. For Alex P. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. Back tomorrow on Friday, it'll be the Friday Roundtable. Me, Alex, Jimmy Murphy, Nate Repensky, the usual Friday crew. Join us tomorrow for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. <laughs>